the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We missed out on our conversation with Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org last week. Glad Matt is back in town and looking forward to chat with him about an array of news stories in front of us. You can find his website about an exploratory run for governor at OhioMatt.com. So let's start with the IRS whistleblower uh, on Brett Baer on CBS, uh, making a lot of serious accusations about Merrick Garland. Just your overall view of this and uh, maybe what Gary Shapley is uh, risking by coming forward and putting his name on his allegations. What you have to do is step back a bit and realize that for folks like the you know, IRS investigator, they have processes and they live and die by those processes. And what I think Gary is, is going through, right, is is this case involving Hunter Biden and Joe Biden broke all of those processes that they've set up over the course of years to ensure that things are done properly and that there was being influence brought from above to make sure people were kept uh, safe. And, and, and it's clear, you know, you listen to his his testimony, his interviews, and he's incredibly persuasive. He's mm-hmm. incredibly calm. He's incredibly thoughtful. He's, he's precise. And so, you know, this is where you know, when does a, or, you know, when do reasonable Democrats, right, start saying, hey, we've got some, we've got a problem here that we've got to admit and start digging into a bit. You know, the media, forget about them. I mean, they, you know, I, I see they work overtime just to say the guy's not a whistleblower. And it's kind of like, you know, anybody who, who, who so much as sings a single note was classified as a whistleblower if it involved Donald Trump. But but thereafter, we don't have whistleblowers anymore, apparently. Well, yeah, I mean, I think his testimony is very explosive. He's very believable. He doesn't come off as a partisan. And the most explosive part of his testimony is that he says that the Delaware state attorney, David Weiss, was blocked, that Weiss told Shapley and others in the same room in October of 22. Seven folks total, I think. Yeah. I wanted to bring charges, felony charges against Hunter Biden in Washington, D.C. I was blocked. I wanted to do it in California. I was blocked. I'm not in charge of this investigation. And Merrick Garland, the, the attorney general, says the exact opposite. So I don't think Merrick Garland is stupid. I think he's a partisan Everybody says there's no way these stories are reconcilable. They're going to get Merrick Garland in front of Congress, and it's either his way or Shapley's way. There can't be any middle ground. You've worked in Washington. I got to believe there's a way Merrick Garland's words can be parsed where he can say, you thought I said this, but I never really said this. Do you see any wiggle room here between one side having to be right and the other side having to be wrong, or could there be shades of gray? No, I, I think there is there is a, a wiggle room, and it's called Lisa Monaco. My guess is, right, is that Lisa Monaco, who works underneath Garland and above Weiss, is the one who shut it down and gave you know Garland either plausible deniability because she never said him, or right, he, you know, said stuff in a way that there's no paper trail of what occurred. I mean, that that's how it works, right? If you want something shut down, you do it in a very smart way where there are no fingerprints and. You know, you don't do it as the principal. You have your deputy or your chief of staff or somebody else. You know, make make the make the tough shot because that keeps you safe when you're in front of Congress and you can say things like, "I didn't tell David 
not to do this, right? So it's, it's that first-person stuff that you can then evade and use that to, 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 to somehow, you know, evade responsibility. So that that's what's really probably going on. At least Monaco is probably the one who told uh, uh, U.S. Attorney Weiss he could not proceed or wouldn't be wise to proceed or, you know, the kind of things yeah. you say that, that send a clear message of, I wouldn't go there if I were you. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I think. Or it will be like a, it's a courtesy to go to the – uh, attorney in the district where you want to charge and you should tell him and he's got to clear the way and he didn't clear the way. And so I don't think there'll be a way that they pin this on anybody, uh, but we'll see. It's a developing story for sure. Our guest is Matt Mayer, opportunityohio.org. Yeah, Go ahead. Bruce, you know, yeah, one of the things that's interesting, right? There's a, there's a small piece of this that's very interesting to me, right? Which is which is what, what Shipley's saying is that, you know, that, that the Department of Justice told Hunter Biden's lawyers what they were going to be doing. Yeah. Right, and again, you contrast that so spectacularly with whether it is Roger Stone, whether it is Peter Navarro, whether it is Donald Trump. Right, nothing ever leaked. No courtesies to lawyers. It's go full in. SWAT team, CNN's recording. It's fascinating to me that that those two side by side instances show you just how different life is if you are a Democrat favored by the deep state in the media, or you are a Republican disfavored. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, that's clear on multiple levels and certainly clear in this particular case. You can follow Matt Mayer on Twitter at Ohio Matt. Check out his website about an exploratory run for governor in Ohio at OhioMatt.com. All right. You uh, use the phrase, that's how things work uh, here in Ohio. Uh, We are seeing this week, quote unquote, how things work, a Senate budget, a House budget. Oh, yeah, or don't trying to be reconciled. We've got a supermajority of Republicans in the uh, Ohio General Assembly, yet uh, we don't have a budget because it uh, looks like the uh, Derek, or excuse me, the uh, Jason Stevens Speaker of the House faction, which is a minority, about a third of the Republicans in the House, is trying to figure out a way to wedge into the budget a lot of Democratic priorities, which was our fear when Jason Stevens became the Speaker of the House instead of Derek Merritt. Yeah, I mean, look, I can only in Ohio. Can we have uh-huh. a supermajority Republican legislature that's going to require Democrats to get a budget done by June 30th, which is tomorrow? I think they've got, they're trying to do an extension, as I understand it, mm-hmm. right? But but this is a classic example of when you promise Democrats something in return for their vote to become Speaker to do essentially soft coup against Derek Marin back in January, and this is all orchestrated right by the insider establishment, the pro-union folks. Uh, that are part of the Republican Party here, that is what then results in them saying, uh, you got to pay the piper, where are our priorities in the budget? And that's and that's what we're seeing unfold now, is that good old-fashioned, you know, quid pro quo, and that's, that's what it is. I mean, it's legal, but that's what's going on. Yeah, it looks like the compromise, we are going to get school choice. We're not going to get Senate Bill 83, which would uh, force universities to teach authentic American history. It's sad we have to force them to do it. But we'll stand by and see where it heads uh, from here on out. I'm getting a chuckle. It looks like the uh, Biden presidential campaign is going to embrace two things that I certainly think are drawbacks for him. Uh, He has been counseled to uh, embrace his age, make fun of his age, and also to tout his economic accomplishments uh, as Bidenomics. I saw a number from Moody Analytics today, Matt, that the average American household is forced to spend $768 more each month than they did in 2020 
to keep up with inflation. Uh, what do you think of the uh, political strategy of confronting the elephant in the room by saying, oh, I like elephants. Elephants are your friend. Yeah, look, I think it's when you control the media so entirely like the left does, right? And, and, and you, you, you then have this hubris that you can believe you can get Main Street America to ignore what it sees at the grocery store every couple of days or what it sees at the gas pump, right, or what it sees in its paychecks after taxes. Or because they're going to believe that you tell them that Bidenomics is a good thing. And it just it just isn't. And no amount of money or free earned media or media shellacking for, for Joe Biden, the Democrats, is going to convince Main Street America that the Biden economic program is a good thing. It just simply isn't. I mean, you, you, you can't see, see a single sec- sector of, of, of your individual life, like when you sit down at the kitchen table, where you go, oh, yeah, I'm better off today than I was three, four years ago. No, that's absolutely true. I just uh, wish uh, more media would tell that story, but we tell it here, and I know Matt tells it here, and that's why he's a guest with us every Thursday at 12.05. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt. His website, opportunityohio.org, gives you a lot of great information on business, particularly as it relates to Ohio and Ohio's economy. And follow his uh, other site, ohiomatt.com, for his latest uh, personal appearances related to his exploratory run for governor. And you can also find his position paper on the issues at ohiomatt.com. All right, it seems to me there are more and more, though, uh, people coming out saying Joe Biden's not going to be on the ticket in 2024. He just sounds so increasingly uh, sleepy and out of it, and his uh, his gaffes, which he's always been a gaff machine, are becoming more and more and more routine. Do you think Joe Biden will be the Democratic nominee for president in 2024? Boy, I, you know, I, I would have said two months ago that, yeah, for sure, they'll they'll drag him over the line. But but I have to tell you, and I know this is a stupid anecdote, right? We don't we shouldn't trade in anecdotes. But this whole issue with you know the the CPAP uh, strap. Yeah. Marks on his face, yeah. right? Which it indicates two things, right? Clearly, he's got health issues. Number one, number two, those those marks shouldn't have been there if the guy had gotten up at seven o'clock or whatever it might have been. But the fact that they were there, still there at nine thirty, tells you he had just woken up, right? And we hear these rumors that he sleeps in late, doesn't start business till that he shuts down by four o'clock, three four o'clock, and so you know, there's only so much you can do before a majority of American voters say. Yeah, we just can't risk it. The world's too dangerous. The, the economic issues facing our country, the cultural value issues facing our country are just too severe. We can't have a guy that is that is literally asleep at the wheel for, for large parts of the day. Or, or when he is awake, you know, half the time he's, he's incoherent with what he has to say and saying, so, you know, God, lives, God, you know, God, God saved the queen and all those things that are just bizarre statements that come out of left field. Yeah, uh, I really think what will be the trigger is he'll have one um – impromptu comment so stupid that there will be no coming back from it. But we'll see. We'll see. Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org, OhioMatt.com. Follow him on Twitter, at OhioMatt. Always a pleasure to have you on. Missed you last week. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Hey, thanks, Bruce. So as I sat and watched Brett Baer last night interview Gary Shapley, the IRS whistleblower, um, I guess it's a a hazard of what I used to do for a living, being a reporter, that I always sit there and eventually end up saying, ask him this, ask him this. 
for instance, yesterday at the White House, Joe Biden is going out to his helicopter and somebody shouts a question. I think it was a New York Post reporter shouted a question. Uh, Were you there when your son was trying to shake down the Chinese for more money? And I'm frustrated because you're only going to get a question or two at the rope line. Don't ask him a yes-no question. Ask him something where he has to expound a little bit. Because what is he going to say? Yes, I was there. He's not going to say yes. He's going to say no, which he did. He said no. He barked, and everybody thought that was like a big revelation. that Oh, he got the president upset. He barked. Ask an open-ended question. Why did your grandkids get hundreds of thousands of dollars from a foreign enemy? (laughs) You know? Explain that, old man. So as I watched Brett Baer last night, he's talking to Gary Shapley. The question that I came up with followed this answer where Brett Baer had been asking Shapley about all the stuff that they had been tracking, all the bank records and all the shell companies and the offshore accounts and the money laundering. Gary Shapley gave him this answer. So that's kind of the crux of of one of the issues here is that we weren't allowed to ask questions about dad. We weren't allowed to ask about the big guy. We weren't allowed to include uh, uh, certain names and document requests and search warrants. Can you guess what my edge of seat please ask this question was after he gave that answer? Who blocked you? Who? Name names. What were you trying to do? How were you stopped? And who blocked you? He said, we weren't allowed to ask about the big guy. Who said you can't? Who stopped you? Because I got the feeling last night, Shapley wanted to name names. He didn't say, I can't talk about that. I can't answer that. On the advice of counsel, I'm going to... He didn't do that. This guy has decided he's going to come forward and he is going to suffer whatever the consequences are of coming forward. He believes in the nobility of telling the truth. I think he wants to tell the truth. But for some reason, and I've been guilty of this too. I'm not trying in any way, shape, or form am I trying to say that I'm superior in any way to Brett Baer as an interviewer. But the interview wasn't live. It was taped. And before you let him out of the chair, through the magic of editing, you can edit it back in. Say, who blocked you? Now, I will say this. Because the interview was taped, maybe he did ask. And maybe Shapley's like, I'm not going to get into that. But I would have included that if they asked it and Shapley didn't answer it, because it would have shown people that he asked Bear the right question. Bear asked the right question. In this case, I'm not sure that he did ask the right question. Okay, we still are waiting on the Supreme Court ruling on student loan forgiveness. I see no way in the world that Joe Biden is going to get away with this. It's been a bad day for Joe Biden, unless, of course, he really cares about ending racism. In that case, it's been a really good day because the Supreme Court this morning said colleges can't prioritize race in admissions. In other words, the Supreme Court today outlawed racism. I mean, they should be turning cartwheels in Democratic circles. They're against racism. They see racism everywhere. Racism is the boogeyman that causes everything. Every societal ill is caused by racism. Democrats ought to be thrilled. The lawless 
illegitimate Supreme Court has done the Democrats' bidding. They have outlawed racism. Now, this has been a polarized opinion. There are, like, I think three or four different opinions on this. The only justices who voted against the ending of racism, exactly who you would expect, Sotomayor, Kagan, and Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Three people that I would argue have their jobs because of affirmative action. Clarence Thomas, brilliant originalist. The thing I love about Clarence Thomas is that he is so not the least bit afraid of confrontation. (laughs) He names names in his supporting opinion of the majority opinion voiced by John Roberts. Ketanji Brown-Jackson, tell me if you're surprised. The person who got on the Supreme Court because she was the person Joe Biden found when he said he was going to name a black woman to the Supreme Court. And she ends up being the pick. Which was blatantly unfair to her, by the way. Because her credentials, I don't know, but may have been such that saying in advance, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to appoint a black woman ingrained in the whole process the fact that most people would say whoever he picks was picked first and foremost because they're a black woman. In other words, they were picked for the same reason Kamala Harris was picked as vice president. So Ketanji Brown-Jackson, not surprisingly, comes out in support of affirmative action in her dissenting opinion. And she gave a bunch of statistics and blah, blah, blah. And Clarence Thomas just took a blowtorch to it. Let me read you from his dissenting opinion. Nor do Justice Jackson's statistics regarding a correlation between the levels of health, wealth, and well-being between selected racial groups prove anything. Of course, none of those statistics are capable of drawing a direct causal link between race and individual outcomes. So Justice Jackson supplies the link herself. She says the legacy of slavery and the nature of inherited wealth. This, she claims locks blacks into a seemingly perpetual inferior caste. Such a view is irrational. It is an insult to individual achievement and cancerous to young minds seeking to push through barriers rather than consign themselves to permanent victimhood. Yes, it is quite a position for the left to take that no black person is able to succeed in a merit-based system. That is quite a racist view of blacks, is it not? The only way you can succeed in America is if we put our foot on the scales. Because you can't possibly succeed if it's a meritocracy, if everything is even, if we are awarding positions and jobs and college admissions on the basis of qualifications. You can't win that. What could be more racist than that view that the Democratic Party holds of blacks? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.